This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. freedom-fighting American music artists known as Hi Rez and Tommy Vexed have released a new music video for their song Big Brother. The name of the song speaks for itself, as the lyrics get into the harsh reality that George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984, is no longer fiction today. The duo also takes a jab at the World Economic Forum and their plan for global dominance. Take a listen. Government tracking our phones, everything we eat, GMO. They want us all driving electric controlled everywhere that you go. I ain't riding with Biden and I ain't trusting Trudeau. But in fact, all these politicians, the wet place around the globe. Taxing on carbon emissions, they don't want you guarding your children. They don't want you having no knowledge. They want us all in the prison. Gender confusing the youth, their agenda is proof. I don't trust these fact checkers every time they censor the truth. How we overpopulated if our birth rate is shrinking. Go ahead, ignore your instincts. Morals right now to sink. All the freedoms that you thought you had, they gone. In the blink, sir, you're under arrest. You've had too much to think. How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am your host, Andrew for America. And that was a new track by High Res and uh, Tommy Vexed called Big Brother. And I found that to be a pretty cool song I wanted to kick the show off with today. And the reason why is because today I'm going to share with you my appearance on the White Rabbit Podcast with Catalyst Jones. Uh, we had a great show, talked about a lot of awesome stuff, and uh, Catalyst Jones has done some work uh, in the past with High res so in honor of their uh, relationship, I wanted to play that High res and Tommy Vexed track to kick the show off today. Pretty cool lyrics. Um, go check it out. And uh, Catalyst Jones and I had a great conversation over on his show, The White Rabbit Podcast. Go check it out wherever you get your pods. Uh, we talked about our musical backgrounds, punk rock music, um, alternative media versus mainstream media, uh, how disappointed we are in our punk rock he uh, heroes, um, inflation is creating poverty out there, actually uh, I don't know what's going on with Catalyst right now, but uh, another reason why I'm sharing this episode now is because uh, he's fallen on some hard times, and I don't know if he's got a place to live right now, and I know that he has 
uh, something kind of like a GoFundMe account set up. So go check out his social media, the White Rabbit Podcast with Catalyst Jones, if you can help uh, a fellow podcaster in the Truther community, uh, please do so. But um, wanted to help him out a little bit and mention that here on this episode today. We talk about California punk rock bands, uh, San Francisco, East Bay Hardcore, Davey Havoc, AFI. Uh, we talked about how Ice Cube snubbed Catalyst uh, when Ice Cube was going to come out on a show and then he backed out at the last minute. So we talk about that. We talk about how podcasts are the future of media. And then we talk about the CIA and Charles Manson and the Charles Manson lawyer, Vincent Bugliosi, and the conspiracy theories around those stories. We talk about other cult leaders and how it seems like there's always some type of intelligence community involvement in these crazy cult leaders, the hippie movement of the 60s. We talk about LSD. Then we move into 9-11 and psychological operations and the divide and conquer agenda, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. It was a great show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Let's hit a commercial. When I come back, I will air for you my appearance on the White Rabbit podcast. Uh, real quick, if you can go leave me a five-star review, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please, if you would do that to help me in the algorithms, I always appreciate that. Uh, if you hate my show, email me Andrew for America, 1984 at gmail.com and let me know why you don't want to give me a five-star rating and I will do everything in my power to make this show better for you. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. Share your favorite episode on social media. Maybe talk about it a little bit, why you like it, whatever. Just, you know, help out a fellow podcaster, spread the word about his show. I know a lot of punk rockers out there have been spreading my show. A lot of people like my music punk rock segments, and I love that. I'm trying to give a little something uh, to everybody. I want to have something for everybody here on the show that are interested in conspiracies and politics and punk rock music and finding and seeking and discovering the truth. That's what we're here for, right? So let's hit a commercial. And when we come back, it's time to chat with Catalyst Jones over on the White Rabbit Podcast. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. at the fucking door and let's dive down some rabbit holes and let's dive down some rabbit holes and let's dive down some rabbit holes liberal advisory truthful content lizard illuminati a new world order 
was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it? When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. They sound crazy, so who cares? But it could totally 100% be true because we know the government's lies about every single thing. Welcome fellow truthers and junk conspiracy junkies to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your head. Oh, fuck, dude. I have been out of the saddle so long. Let's give that one another go, shall we? And I am not going to edit the fuck out of that, but I have not been in the fucking driver's seat for a minute. So let's fucking do that again. And welcome fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. Been bringing the heat all fucking summer and we're not going to stop today. It's been fucking fire as fuck. And like I said on the last episode, the entire fucking world is on fire. And so with that, I'm like, who is one of the hottest fucking voices out there? It's Andrew for America. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Andrew for America. What is that, brother? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> been waiting to come on the show for a while. We've been uh, uh, schedule conflictions, but uh, we did it, man. We're here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, brother. Man, I've been excited for this one. This has been in the works for like so long, and both of us, I think, have had to reschedule at least twice. So it's it's been in the making, bro. But every time I've talked to you on the tavern, I'm like, dude, that's my people's right there. So you know, it's, it's only fitting that you come on white rabbit. So that's how I met you for, um, my listeners who may not know who you are. Could you please, uh, let them know what it is that you do and how you aborted the white rabbit? Yeah, man. So Andrew for America, host of the politics and punk rock podcast. Um, I do a show where it's part politics and conspiracies and philosophy and government media and all the crazy shit that, uh, we're going through here in the 21st century uh, on a global scale. Uh, and then I end the show in the third segment with uh, a featured up-and-coming punk rock artist. Uh, I myself am a former punk rock uh, guitar player, lyricist, uh, songwriter, been playing in bands for 15, 20 years. Uh, and then got a BA in sociology from San Diego State, did four years in the Navy, two Western Pacific deployments. So been all over the world, seen a lot of crazy shit, and uh, I put the two knowledge bases of my uh, personal life experiences, I guess you could say, together into the brainchild I called the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Bro, I fucking love it. And, you know, me coming from a music background as well, when I dipped my foot in making music for the first time I was in high school and it was for punk rock band, and I was horrible, man, but I was the drummer for uh, Musclehead Willie was the name of our band. And we did some other side stuff. And we actually had some really co- cool stuff going going for us. Then I dove into hip hop. You know, Eminem made it okay for us. So uh, as a white boy, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm taking this shit over. Anyways, so <clears throat> what made you want to start your podcast, bro? Um, lots of things. Uh, I think, um, I kind of 
grew up a little bit and kind of transitioned out of uh, bartending and playing nightclubs and stuff like that. Man, my backdrop is garbage right now. What is happening? It's all good, man. It's like the Nephilim trying to creep through a different fucking, like a portal right behind you. And I'm kind of like tripping out on it. I'm like, dude, this is crazy, dude. They're coming to get his ass. Oh man, they're coming to get me. Oh, well, well, I'll just leave it there. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, so I basically started out just, um, uh, Putting the idea together was uh, something that happened after I stopped kind of touring and playing in punk rock bands, and I wasn't really writing songs that much anymore. And uh, I wanted to have some type of creative outlet, so uh, I did. I the podcasting game was getting big; lots of people were getting into it. Um, I think we all thought that we um, had some information we needed to share with the world at the time, and now it seems like there's so many of us sharing similar stories and information and research and uh, all that kind of stuff that um, I think it really is making a dent in the mind, the social consciousness. People are getting alternative media uh, sources that aren't the mainstream media anymore. And I love it. I think we need more of it. I think that we might actually be changing some minds now. And I don't know if I thought it was really that possible when I started out, but these days, the community has grown so much. It's almost outnumbered <laughs> mainstream media. I think if you put all the podcast listeners in the world together and put those numbers up against the mainstream media, I bet it outnumbers it multiple fold. Oh man. I bet point. we lap them so many fucking times. It's not yeah. even funny. So <clears throat> as you were telling your story, I, I was thinking, okay, so I'm an artist slash uh, musician or formerly known as and then I it, I started like going through the index in my head. You know, you got like Sam Tripley, who's a comedian. That I consider that a form of art. So I feel like people that really had a, something to say from a very young age, age even if they didn't know what it was, like through their art or whatever. We we're all trying. We we've all somehow found this platform of podcasting. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, like through a music background how did you even find podcasting? Because for me, man, I was, I was at work and I was listening to music all day, every day. And then I would get home and listen to music all day, every day. I would wake up to music and then I just stopped listening to music and switched to podcasts. And I'm curious, like, um, one, is there a balance and what even made you start listening to podcasts coming from a music background? Yeah. Um, I think I started out listening to a lot of Joe Rogan, a lot of Dave Smith. Um, and then, uh, there's a few other podcasts. I guess, I guess I just kind of started listening to a lot and I kind of tried to, to see what was out there. And, um, when I found a few that I thought was kind of my thing and, um, you know, the, the underlying subject matter and maybe some of the belief systems of the hosts, um, I thought maybe lined up with maybe some of my beliefs. So, uh, I would start listening and, one day I just had the idea, like I said, I had stopped playing music. I wasn't really writing that much anymore. And I just, I was actually trying to look for another revenue stream. I wanted to like get some type of side hustles off the ground and podcasting came up and I was like, you know, that would be fun and creative. And it kind of turned into like, I kind of lay out my show. Like I would lay out a song. Like it's like segment one, segment two, uh, transitions, you know, segment three. And it's like, verse, chorus, verse, bridge. And it kind of feels in a way like songwriting to me. It's just instead of writing uh, and trying to get my message or whatever I'm talking about in a song form out, 
through the lyrics. Now I have, you know, hours of long form discussion and I, and, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to jump in right here because as I, I wanted to allude to this, as, as I was drawing you in for this question, it is the fact that there's only so much that you can get across in a two and a half to three and a half minute song. Um, and you know, like, you know, like a lot of people will put their whole albums together and it's like metaphorically spoken through creativity and shit like that. But like, even recently, like, how is it that we're finding out these bands that we thought we knew so much about are just fucking pushover pieces of shit, right? And so... It's funny, like, that that concept has been coming up. I, I've been getting invited out on a lot of different shows lately, so apparently people are listening, which feels good. Uh, I, I've oftentimes said that I just kind of do my show for me, and if people like it and listen to it, then that's that's better in fact i think Fuck i said yeah, that to you the on the tavern way. that is the yeah, only way brother if you're doing yeah, was, it to please other people then it's not you then you're not going to like it and in return the people are listening are not going to like it if you don't enjoy what you're doing then yeah the same goes with music yeah exactly and so i think that's kind of what happened for me was just i i had the idea i thought about okay if i was going to do it what would i do and i started just kicking ideas around and then i just tried. I got a microphone. Uh, I kind of had a concept. I was like, I'm just going to hit record and go and see what happens. So, you know, you like, like you can probably relate to this, your first, you know, five, 10 shows, you listen back to it a year or so later. And you're just like, Oh, I've come so far. I'm actually <laughs> like, scared. Some too. of them are just dread. Yeah. Some of, for me, some of them are just fucking dreadful, man. I'm like, Ugh. but, um, when I, when I listen, I listen to an episode probably I mean, multiple times editing, you know how it goes before I actually am ready to release it. And so I've, I've absorbed it so much before I release it that I kind of already know certain parts verbatim. And, um, it, it is a creative therapeutic outlet more than it is like, Oh, I want to have a hot show that everybody listens to. And I want to get popular and, you know, yes, I have information I want to get across, but what I'm offering in my humble opinion is, just my perspective based on a year, you know, I'm in my forties now. So I have a, a life's worth of experience, um, both in music and in politics and, and, you know, reading at length for years and years and years. It would be arguable um, to say that you have multiple life experiences at this point, because I think that us in our forties have experienced so fucking much that our parents couldn't fathom and our children couldn't fathom. For sure. Because that, we went through a crossover generation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Uh, me and uh, a friend of mine, Sam Winchester from according to Sam podcast, we talk about uh, how the nineties and the early two thousands was, um, and maybe the late eighties too, was like the, the, the top of the American empire. And ever since the turn of the millennium, it's just been a downward spiral. Yeah, like we've man. Hit the if peak I could go now back to the nineties at my age in the nineties, I'm, I was thinking about it the other day. I think I might've said this on the tavern, um, recently. And I was just thinking about like the jobs that my, my stepfather used to hold and the houses that we had and the food that we had and shit like that. And the jobs that I have. And I'm like, dude, I have better fucking jobs than he did. And mm -hmm. I'm yeah. barely making it like sharing a room with three other fucking people that also have full-time jobs that are barely fucking making it. Yep. And that's, that's, I mean, direct result of fiat currency and inflation and you know, the reducing of the purchasing power of the dollar over time, you know, we've been over that a million times, but 
Well, that's a um, perfect segue into uh, one of my uh, favorite questions to ask people as their first time coming on the White Rabbit. Okay. And being that you come from a military background and a music background and your age, I'm really curious what you're going to say. And what was your major oh shit moment? And I used to say your red pill moment, but I've come to discover that everybody goes through many different red pill stages but we all have that one just awakening oh fucking shit moment. What was that moment yeah. for you? Um, boy, that's a good question. I think the first time I felt like I I understood something that maybe not everybody understood. I remember I, I was at a party by San Diego State University. I must have been mid-20s and uh, yeah, somewhere around there. And I remember just getting in a conversation with all these people and it was kind of a deeper conversation that I'd, I'd ever been in before in like a party social situation. And I found myself agreeing with these people on a level that I was like, holy shit, I'm not alone. There's other people out there that have been that read things and have a discern, uh, discerning mind and are skeptical about stuff. And do you remember what the topics bullshit. were? Um, some, you know, corporations are evil. They're, you know, a group of people is colluding and conspiring. Were you uh, smoking weed? Probably. That's oh, yeah. fucking awesome. Okay. So oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you this. My top two answers is nine 11 and COVID. And they're about neck and neck with each other. Uh, that was what I was going to get ready to say was then when nine 11 happened, that's when a lot of stuff came full circle because, um, I read uh, Noam Chomsky's book, Hegemony or Survival, pretty much during um, George W. Bush's presidency and blew me away. Once I started understanding what was going on with the, the war and the foreign policy, and then you start looking back at previous administrations and you start seeing the common threads and the, the same usual suspects showing up behind the scenes, it it, it, it it's like... It, it's like that uh, Charlie Day, that famous meme where he's trying to explain everything drawn out on the on the chalkboard in the background, connecting the dots, you know? Like, that's what you feel like you're doing, and you feel crazy, but, like, it's not based on, oh, my God, I'm high and I'm out of my mind. It's based on, no, I've actually read about this and looked into it to a point where I cannot believe what I am fucking witnessing and reading here, and that's when I think it hits a lot of people, and they go, oh, shit, this isn't, conspiracy theory this isn't like just some story fictional story made up in a book like this is like historical record like this shit really happened that's when i think people start going oh fuck what don't i know right and right. that's and and now you're hooked now you're a truther now you're just researching every day of your life <laughs> it is it is you know what and i'm not I shouldn't say that I'm disappointed with that answer because that was a fan fucking tastic answer and it's very interesting but on the flip side of the coin, I'm a little disappointed with that answer because you coming from a musical background, I was really hoping that it would be like, well, I was brought into this room one time and there was like a bunch of people in robes. <laughs> no, no, not. I, I mean, I never, I was never approached by the Illuminati or anything like that. No, can't say that that happened. Maybe on Facebook uh, in a private message by some weird company. Oh, right, right. I remember <laughs> getting those? those messages back in the day. Would you like to join the Illuminati? I'm yeah, like, this I mean, is the dumbest on, shit dude. I've ever fucking, like, really, you're going to fucking send me a message on MySpace? Come on. <laughs> yeah, but, but 
Well, you know what? I guess this is kind of here. I'll give you a better answer. So, and it, we kind of didn't, uh, I kind of didn't answer the question you asked me about uh, and what I was going to bring up about punk rock and how a lot of them turned out to be poser fucking sellouts as soon as they got fame and some money. So, um, I think through punk rock, I mean, me getting into punk rock started when I was in the military and I just so happened to be in San Diego, which had a great punk rock scene at the time. And that's how I started up in bands and playing and touring over the Southwestern United States. So yeah, you guys had strung out back then. Uh, Oh yeah. uh, Who else was from San Diego? Oh no, strung outs from like uh, Orange County, I think Calabasas. No, not Calabasas. Uh, I'm throwing Orange County. I'm throwing Southern California into the mix because East Bay punk had its own thing. Like that was going on under like uh wingnut records. And that was like AFI and mm-hmm. screw 32 and, and bands like that. Yep. And then in San Diego, I mean, you had unrent law, blink 182, agent 51, um, sprung monkey. There's, I mean, God, San Diego had so many bands from West so some 41 genres. from there as well. No, I think those guys are Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that would make sense. They do kind of I look Canadian. Know. Now, what about, uh, what about, um, did you know any Christian punk bands like MXPX? Uh, no, the, uh, I want to say, I don't know if Switch, well, Switchfoot is like a surfer, surfer guys that uh, are a pretty popular rock band. I, I, I want to say that they're Christian. I could be wrong, but no, I'm not familiar with a bunch of Christian bands at all from San Diego off so, the top of my head. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, man. I follow Davey Havoc on Instagram and he used to be such an inspirational person to me because not only was that the very first punk show that I went to the first mosh pit that I fucking jumped in and experienced, but after the show, I'm like fucking my shirt is drenched. I'm sweaty as fuck. And mm-hmm. he had, do you remember the skateboard company think? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. They had two think banners on stage at this place because it was it was promoted by a skateboarding shop and that's how oh, this yeah, show Oh yeah, you told me the story on. on the tavern I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I jump up on stage and they're like sitting there like they didn't even have roadies at the time, bro. They're like wrapping up and putting their own equipment away and everything. And I was like, "Hey, what are you guys going to do with the banners? Do they go with you when you tour? And he was like, you need something that says think in your room. And so you can go ahead and take one of those. That's awesome. Yeah. And now he's full on fucking satanic. I was just looking at one of his uh, pictures. It came up on my feed either yesterday or the day before. And it was just total fucking satanic shit. And I'm just like, wow, man, what the uh, fuck? I always was curious about Davey because um, he has a couple songs. I mean, there's a song on Black Sails uh, uh, in the Sunset that's like some type of vampire language, some occult language of some sort. I really uh, feel like that's Maleferous where he Macarum met. or something like that. I feel like he met somebody during that time. Um, because when Maybe. I, when I was, when the story that I just told you, they were skater punks, right? They came out mm-hmm. and their fucking first album, they were wearing like misfit thrift, fans. Yeah. They were wearing thrift store fucking suits. And then their second album came out and they were like skater punks, mm-hmm. but like hardcore skater punks, not like blink One Eighty Two skater punks. They were like, right. throw me away, you know, yeah. like fucking like <laughs> in your face shit. 
And Through our bleeding, we are one. <laughs> well, I feel like that was a chance that really, that was a transitional, uh, I feel like that album right there was a transitional album where he met somebody that brought him into the occult teachings. Because Very possible. Because Very the possible. first two albums was nothing but rebelling against your parents type of fucking music and then all of a sudden uh through our bleeding we are one comes out like that's how they open the album and he fucking changes his entire look like he looks like brandon lee from the fucking crow you know like (laughs) yeah Yeah, that i mean yeah and and a lot of that stuff a lot of his stuff on those records the art of drowning too were darker like um oh what's that what's that song where he goes my life is a dark room one big dark room it's like he's yeah he, that's when he, he even started going kind of emo well you it was know like, where he got it was that like from that was from Beetleju- that's just a quote from the movie beetlejuice though right 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 but i'm just saying like that's where his vibe you could tell it was it was, was definitely it was changing. changing i think there was people that yeah. were that came into his life that were like hey this guy has the ability to be a star because i don't know if you've seen oh, him yeah. on warp tour man during those years when they were really fucking blowing up Mm-hmm. Their presence at Warp Tour, I was that was the only time I've ever been scared at a concert because I was up against the chain link fence mm-hmm. and motherfuckers put so much pressure against us that one, I couldn't yep. breathe. And two, they finally knocked that motherfucking fence down. And as soon as they oh, shit. and as soon as they did, I jumped on stage and then immediately jumped as far as I could into the crowd, like to stage dive oh, nice. the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> No, that's crazy, dude. So, um, when they were, well, I just wanted to say like, and I'm thinking like during that time, man, he, there was definitely eyes on him. And so, you know, through whether it's, I, cause there's things going around that he's a homo, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting it aside that they didn't put a female into his life to bring him into occult teachings and shit. Very possible. I mean, especially when, you know, who knows what kind of agreements are made when bands go from, from, you know, uh, relatively popular touring artists to now you're in the big time. Now, you know, you had, you had a conversation and probably, you know, someone has some illicit pictures of you somewhere just in case, <laughs> Right. you know, I mean, that's, that's probably how it goes. I mean, how many times have we talked about, you know, with the hip hop uh, artists that got called into the room and they were like, Hey, you know, we're, we have this agenda we're going to push. You know, that's we'll actually finally money. starting to come to the surface as like something that's almost common knowledge now. I'm hearing oh, this. Yeah. I'm hearing this talked about a lot recently, and they're talking about the uh, the prison agenda, and and a lot of artists are saying, "Oh yeah, we get paid more to talk about this." So like, why there the fuck is. wouldn't we talk about this? You know what I mean? But all the money, man. Th- th- yep. That's just how it it's it it's that's where we're at now but what you're talking about is an actual fucking meeting that took place with cia mm-hmm. spooks mm-hmm. and fucking top executive record producers and the biggest influencers in hip hop and in hip hop during the late 90s and at the time, or, or yep. the early 90s and the late 80s mm-hmm. so you got nwa a part of that which I find it ironic that Ice Cube is speaking out, and I was going to ask him about that fucking meeting <laughs> when he agreed to come on the White Rabbit, but, you know, fuck, fuck Catalyst. Yeah, I know. We're We've just going to ghost we, this we, motherfucker. He, his, he's going to ask us the wrong questions. Let's do Joe Rogan and people like that. And Tucker Carlson. You know what's crazy about that, too, is, like, I, I actually talked about that on one of my episodes where I was, like, I, did, I was talking about you, but I didn't mention your name. I was like, hey, you know, this happened with uh, Ice Cube, and, 
I was like, do you guys believe him? I'm like, you th- you think he's going to come out here and scare all of us and tell us that the big club is watching all of us and we should shut the fuck up? Or is he really going to come out here and talk to we podcasters and the truth or conspiratorial community on our level from a knowledge base that we all have so that it's an intelligent conversation when we all are kind of are aware of similar facts. I didn't want to make a judgment call until I saw what shows he was going to do and what kind of stuff he was going to talk about. So very interesting how he pick and cho- you know picked and chose where he was going to go. You know, and Andrew, he kind of snubbed the shit out of you. So that's yeah, he up. did. But Andrew, I think what happened was he saw that blue blue check mark, and he w- and he just assumed that I had like a legit show that was like probably part of whatever it was that he was trying to do. Really, think I, that? I really think that man because when I hmm. first got that blue check mark before they were giving it out to like everybody. Like when I first got that, I've been messaging people for so fucking long to come on the show and they wouldn't even like know that I wrote them. And once that blue check mark hit, I'm like, oh my God, they read my message. Not only are they reading my messages, but they're fucking responding to me. This is fucking awesome. Like I just went, yeah, I was just telling Joe and Jen from Legit Baptist the other night because I I was uh, blessed enough to go hang out with them for the weekend and I was like, dude, fucking Jimmy Levy hit me up. And uh, they were like, who's that? And I was like, I'm so disappointed in you. And I played them a couple <laughs> their songs with high, his songs with high res. And they were like, oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, so I, I might be working on a documentary. Well, I, and I have been working on a documentary. And hopefully he's going to help in any way that he can with that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So you never know That's who's awesome. listening and where this shit's going to go. That's for sure, man. Like I, I mean, I mean, I was just kind of moping around doing my show. Like it was just kind of a side project, fun little creative outlet for me. I started actually, since I started the podcast, I started writing and playing music again. And uh, now that I'm more familiar with the recording equipment and stuff that I have, I'm going to try to build a little home studio and maybe just get like a drum machine with MIDI tracks and start recording. But nice. um, But in the meantime, that's when I got into the show and then, all of a sudden, I just, it organically started growing, man. The social media posts and stuff, uh, the marketing started going. And all of a sudden, everyone's hitting me up like, hey, do you want to come on the show? And it's like, it, it's humbling. But at the same time, it's I, I, I'm shocked at how just being an honest voice that was courageous enough to, you know, put their voice out there like Matt from Great Deception always says, you know, you just got to put your voice out there. Throw, throw your ideas against the wall and see what sticks. And and the connection that we all have, you know, on this blessing and a curse of a technology we call the internet and AI is coming, obviously. But like the fact that we can talk to people all over the world and, you know, I got Larry Sharp on my show just from going on Welsh Republic podcast and the guy's like, oh, hey, I'll hit up Larry. He was on my show. Uh, I'll let him know that he wants to do yours. And I'm like, holy shit, I got Larry fucking Sharp on my show just from guesting on someone else's show. So like it's an amazing time. It's, 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 you know, it's the great frontier out there podcasting right now. And And, I remember Larry saying on that episode, he was like, the reason why I'm doing all these podcasts is because he agreed with all of us that this is the the future of media, finding a voice that you trust. And that's where you're going to go to get your information. And I love that idea. Yeah. Love it. And, and you know, the people that I keep going back to are the ones that are able to admit that they were wrong when they were wrong. And I want to give a big shout out to Matt from the great deception, because he is a voice 
in this community. And if you are a podcaster and you are in like one of our circles that circles with Matt, then you know just what, like what a down-to-earth great guy that he is. Not only is he a ba- baseball coach for his son, but I think that some of the shit that he says during his shows is a, is like human lifing coach for all of us adults, even us for podcasters. Sure. You know, like hands down, guy has the one of the greatest shows out there. So go give Matt a follow if you're not all, already following him. And uh, go give Andrew a follow if you're not al- already following him. I'm going to give him... Him a chance to plug his shit but you guys already know if you're listening to this and you like him you can already just scroll down right now and click that link L- go start listening to his shit come back and listen to the rest of this shit when you're done and be sure to give him a follow and a five star because this is a true motherfucker right here and i wouldn't be talking to him if he wasn't <laughs> i appreciate that man yeah i've been uh you know it's it's it feels good it's very humbling to be invited out on so many shows as of late and I always say this on the show and I, I'm going to keep this train going down the track as, as long as I can. I'll probably do it uh, forever, regardless of any accolade accolades or popularity. So it, yeah. it is, it's just become my adult creative therapeutic outlet. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, again, I've said this a million times. I do it for me more than I do it for any of you. So, and that's no offense. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, but well, speaking think, of doing uh, it for me, yeah. the reason I do this show is because I love digging down rabbit holes. And oh, so me too, my one friend. of the questions that I did want to ask you is what is your favorite music based conspiracy? Ooh, that's a good one. Music based conspiracy. Shall I tell you mine and then you can tell me yours or, sure, or, yeah. or is that going to, or is that going to influence what you might say? Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think, my favorite one. So uh, I read the book Helter Skelter about uh, Charlie Manson. Ooh, yes. Uh, and it was uh, Vincent Bugliosi, the lawyer in the case, uh, apparently wrote the book. And I remember thinking to myself that this was such a crazy story. And I thought that it was a CIA influence. I thought that Charlie Manson was probably uh, a guy that was probably an asset that they probably did something to, to get, you know, kick off all these murders. And I 100% believe that he was, he was, uh, definitely groomed by the CIA, by the CIA. Um, but I'm not sure if he was a patsy or if he was a Manchurian candidate that actually believed the things that he was saying and doing. It's good. That's a good question. And what, what, where I think, it already sounded crazy to me when I thought about, he always said that the CIA wants a a race war between whites and blacks. Right. And then you fast forward 20, 30 years in the future, whatever it was approximately. And we kind of have the, you know, the dawn of wokeism and this revisiting to uh, racial issues and cultural differences and like the divide and conquer agenda that we all talk about. So, uh, that, that fascinated me to think back. Like I actually made this joke once upon a time. I'm like, Holy shit. Who, who would have thunk that crazy Charlie Manson was right about a lot of the crazy shit he was saying back in the sixties. Right. But then it goes deeper. Cause then now there's all these conspiracy theories that Vincent Bugliosi, the lawyer that wrote this book was also involved in the CIA and that he formed the story about the Charlie Manson 
murders and situation that he put into this book. So that he it, already it, had in play because I feel, right. okay, you want to know what I think about this it is here's what I think is I feel like they were going to originally use Charlie Manson as a mature Manchurian candidate. And they, mm-hmm. re- they really wanted to groom and groom him at the same time. Like not, not either or like, and, and you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. And so, because he was in and out of prison a few times. It's not like his record was squeaky clean. But not only that, he was a very gifted musician that mm-hmm. a lot of musicians that made music that all of us look up to right now looked up to him as a gifted musician. And right. he was a part of this whole Laurel Canyon group. And there is a huge conspiracy be- behind Laurel Canyon oh, and yeah. and. Even the role that they play in movies and snuff films and things that's going on to this very day and and the CIA spooks that have their hand in this. What I feel is Charles Manson backfired on them and he actually had his own awakening. And through that awakening, they were like, we have to martyr this motherfucker right now. It looks like that. I I agree with that because you could tell. When when he got interviewed in prison years later, I mean, the, the matter of factness with which he delivered his points at crazy as they may sound to the average person, he was very, very convincing in matter of fact, like he like to the point where I find it very difficult to believe that he didn't really honestly believe some of the stuff he was saying. And maybe he was he wasn't lying. Maybe he was, you know whatever tortured into mind control or whatever. Cause think about, think about Waco and, and David Koresh and the branch Davidians. There's oh, all these, shit. I need to check my emails because fuck dude. Uh, anyways, a survivor from that exact event who they, who, uh, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin's little brother played the role of in a movie, the actual person just agreed to come on my show. So I, Oh dude, that's that. I would love to get, hear that because my, my, where I was going with that is, isn't it interesting how throughout history there's these, I mean, think about Heaven's Gate down in San Diego, these religious cult leaders that take these people and brainwash them away from society to think that they're the chosen people and the only way to, to you know, achieve God is through the words of this person that's so charismatic and you know, is telling you that they're, you know, Jesus Christ resurrected or whatever, whatever it is. It happens time and time again throughout history. And it makes a discerning person and someone who's been lived some years in this world, me being 40 years old. And I've seen a lot of these stories over the years. It makes you wonder, is there a common variable that nobody talks about? Like the intelligence community behind the scenes. I mean, you think back to the church committee and the JFK assassination, like there's too much involvement by deep state CIA, whatever you want to call it, intelligence community. Um, you know, the spooks, I really feel like CIA too much involvement to not be something there. No, I definitely agree with you 100%, but I feel like the CIA is minions compared to the people that actually do pull the strings. Oh, for sure. And, And the CIA is more or less, um, it's like an audition stage for who they're going to bring in, uh, to the, the new Knights Templar, 
Right, right. <laughs> that's, Doing that's the dirty I, work. That's how I feel it is. But like to jump back into Charles Manson and shit, you know, like I listened to a lot of those interviews that he did when he was in prison and shit. And some of the things that he said, I'm like, I shouldn't be resonating with things that Charles Manson fucking said. And that's what made me dig into Charles Manson because he was saying so many things that I fucking agreed with. And I was like, whoa, this is is scary. This is scary. Why am I agreeing with him? Right. And they were like, and one of the interviews was like, if they were to give you, if they were to post bail or fucking just let you out by a miracle right now, what would you do? And he would say, um, I would go plant almond trees. And I was like, what dude, this case, this guy, like, and, and I was like during an awakening where I was just like getting really in touch with like earth and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, dude, I, I really feel like this guy just hit an awakening and he was like, oh wait, these motherfuckers are using me and I'm just going to do my own thing and be artistic. And then they were like, oh, the fuck you are. Yeah. And I think uh, they're probably supplying him with free LSD because that was during the time where they flooded the streets in San Francisco in the hippie movement with LSD. So oh, I think that he, were. I he mean, was that's keeping a, that's everybody actually, high out of their fucking mind. Yeah, and that's not even a conspiracy. That's not even a conspiracy theory. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's real actually shit. real shit documented. And he mm-hmm. is actually one of the victims of the experiments that they were doing with mm-hmm. that entire fucking thing with the CIA and the LSD experiments that came out of... Um, the Hayton Ashbury district in San Francisco yep. and shit. Yep. And that apparently all that stuff was, you know, military contracted, uh, testing that they were doing, you know, uh, you know, allegedly the story goes that these, all these, uh, psychotropic, whatever hallucinogenic drugs all came out of this, this project where they were trying to come up with ways to control soldiers and like chemical warfare, biological warfare, yada, yada. So, Interesting how that backfired, like in the pro in the process of trying to find a substance that could like fuck up or corrupt someone or shut them down. It actually expanded their mind and connected all their brain neurons into one right. <laughs> thing where they could attain enlightenment. <laughs> well, it, it did to a point and it didn't to a, a point because I would say that during the sixties, that whole CIA operative. And I would, I would go as far to say that uh, Woodstock was not a grassroots movement that just sprung up out of nowhere. Mm, I, I you know, like, because if we look at the, uh, like how, uh, not Corey Hughes, but, uh, Charlie, um, who I just had on the show, uh, Charlie, Charlie Robinson, Rob- Charlie Robinson. Yeah. Uh, how Charlie Robinson, his book, it says like the controlled demolition of America. Right. And just in the title right there, you look at like these certain aspects of American history that were part of the controlled demolition. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the sixties hippie movement was a very pivotal, uh, a part of that controlled demolition. Would you, especially the music that came out of it. And, and, and that was like, Hey, we can control the masses through music now. Yep, I think that was the beginning of their involvement in in music, and then slowly it it got into media with the consolidation of the Big Five, and then um, Telecommunications Act in 1996 uh, that Clinton signed into law. That was when the media was completely infiltrated by CIA, and um, and then JFK, man, JFK was 
that that was that was the message that that they were sending to the world. The Dulles brothers, every, the church committee, where they admitted what the CIA was doing. They're feeding stories to the news. Um, uh, Avril Harriman from uh, um, I, I want to say he's a Skull and Bonesman. I could be wrong. He's definitely in one of those secret societies. He you was know what's crazy is so many people. And I hate to interrupt you, man, but that's just what I do. I'm bad at it, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> So, like, you, you look at these Skull and bone, Bones members, and the average person, the average normie, will look at these politicians, and if I was to say, oh, they're a Skull and, Skull and Bones member, they're a part of a secret society, they're like, it doesn't matter. Like, the President of the United States, fucking, they're not going to steer us the wrong way. But what these pe- people don't realize is <laughs> they take a motherfucking oath, and during that oath to their secret society, it says that any oath you take after this, this oath proceeds that oath. And mm-hmm. so you are to help your brethren at first first and the agenda of your organization. And so, Mm -hmm. and, and the best example that we have of this is John Kerry or yeah, John Kerry versus fucking Bush and a fucking presidential election. We had a Democrat conceded. Yep. We had a Democrat versus a Republican who were both fucking skull and bone bones members that went to uh, Yale university in the same exact secret society. So it didn't really Mm -hmm. matter who, uh, took office it was yep. it was who is going to help the agenda more and if since we are creeping on september 11th i would like to transition this into a little bit of september 11th stuff sure oh, yeah. and so uh that was pivotal for september 11th happening because we have people behind the scenes that are not aware of the type of people and the top five or six people that were integral, like the, they were absolutely, uh, they were absolutely there for a reason and it wouldn't have worked if they weren't there and in the positions Mm -hmm. that they were in. And Dick Cheney actually had more fucking control over the United States during, during Bush's term than Bush did. So yeah, I would uh, make the argument that Cheney and Carl Rove, and um, who's the other guy? There's another guy in there that I think the three of them together, um, Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld. Were, were, were running. They were running the majority of what was going on. Right. Yep. And this was also fed to them through uh, Henry Kissinger. Mm-hmm. And if we look back on. That's the next level above. Yep. You're talking about levels above the CIA. That's the next level above. Yes. <laughs> right. So we do Klaus have these, we have these organizations that are. And, you know, I, I wish I had a, written them down, but I was just listening to Charlie Robinson's latest episode. So if you guys go listen to that. Also. The David Icke one. Uh, no, uh, Charlie Robinson just put out an episode where it was a solo episode where he is breaking down uh, 9-11 and who are the top five players in who were instrumental in making this happen and their positions and why their positions were so important. And I heard that today and it floored me because I was like, I knew all this, but like seeing all seeing somebody else. Like put, put all the together. pieces together. I was Charlie's like, so good at that. Holy He's, shit. I bro. love his show. Yeah, dude. It was incredible. I want him on my show. You got to have him. Yeah. You got to tell him to come on my show. I, I would love to talk to him. Uh, yeah, okay. Great I, podcast. I will do it. I'll do what I can. I can't speak for other people, but I, I, I will do what I can. It's all good. Yeah. All good. Um, and then love, uh, love his show though. My, my boys at red, red pill cartel podcast, uh, very con- 
uh, Christian-based conspiracy podcast also put out a a three-and-a-half-hour episode today or yesterday about 9-11. And I'm like, do I even really need to listen to their episode? Because, like, Charlie Robinson broke it down so much. But then I started listening to it, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, I haven't finished it yet. I probably got, like, another hour to go because it is a a three-and-a-half-hour episode. Oh, boy. But... They touch on things that Charlie doesn't touch on that are more fun for all of us conspiracy theories, uh, theorists, all of us conspiracy junkies here at White Rabbit. And that's, so, yeah, go ahead. So I, I just suggest listening to like Charlie for the straight facts and of everything, not saying that the red pill cartel did not give you facts because they absolutely do with receipts, but they hit on some more of the funner aspects of conspiracy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love that story because that reminds me of something that we always talk about this whole argument that a lot of us conspiratorial truth or podcasters are talking about the same stuff and it's becoming a bit of an echo chamber, but it's not because of just because of what you just said, you're getting a different look, a different take, a different perspective on similar events. And if all, all it's doing is broadening your base of knowledge in order to piece things together and try to find an understanding of what really went on. So I don't think that, it's a bad thing that multiple podcasters are talking about similar topics. I think it's a good thing because it's been suppressed and not talked about publicly through mainstream media sources for so long that people need the repetition. They need, they need to hear the same stories over and over and over again before it starts to stick. And I think that's what's happening. People that are interested in, in podcasts like ours, are starting to put it together based on listening to all of us talk about similar things over time. And it's been what a lot of us didn't start more than three, four years ago. And already the community is exploding. Like everyone's listenership is growing. So there's a need for it. There's a market. uh, (laughs) Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, demand market demand for it. When I talk to, uh, Sam, we're doing the Lord's work. When I talk to, uh, Sam Tripley, And I was on his show one time and I was like, you know, when I first learned about you, I, I was like pissed because I already had it in my head that I'm starting a podcast because Joe Rogan did not go hard enough in the paint. And I was like, this Mm. motherfucker will only skim the surface of things that I know so much information about. And it was pissing me off. I'm like, is this guy gatekeeping? And I think. And so when I was on Tripley show, I was, I told him that I was like, fucking, I felt like Robin Rogan was gatekeeping and somebody needed to come out there and dive deep into this shit. And then I went into, um, I worked with this guy and he was like, I told him I was going to start a podcast and he was like, well, have you heard of tinfoil hat? And I was like, no. And then I listened to it. And I was like, fuck, and this motherfucker is a com- comedian? Like, how am I going to com- uh, compete with a fucking comedian? And yeah. I told Sam Tripley that. And he was like, you absolutely fucking can, bro. There's room for all of us. And that's yeah. what I want everybody out there to know that, like, even if you're, like, on the fence about it, I'm not going to say that it's easy because everybody's been in the game for a minute. I don't care who they are and how big they are. They've thought about quitting at one point or another. But you gain so much fucking out of this and doing it. And if you don't try it, how are you ever going to know? So like fucking just do it. Yep. I agree. It's, um, you know, even like you said, you have to do it for you first. 
And I, I, that's one of my catchphrases. I always say on my show, I always say it's got to start inside first. You have to decide that you want to do it and then you're just going to go and, and do it. And, um, it'll be interesting to see how much more censorship, uh, occurs. I mean, remember when everyone was talking about the restrict act and it seems like the status quo around the world, they're, they're tightening up on things. It's an election year. It's going to be very interesting to see when the keywords that signal you and kick you out of the algorithm. Um, I talked about this on the AM wake up show the other day about Matt Taibbi saying that, you know, they're flagging keywords on all internet, social media, everything. And, um, certain words will kick you out of the algorithm basically. And you'll be basically shadow banned in some way. So, uh, I, I don't know how much more time a lot of us have, but that's even more of a reason for people on the fence to get in the game and get your voice out there and help spread knowledge and awareness to people before it's too late, man. <laughs> Cause it ain't looking good. No, it ain't. But with that being said, I don't think that we're out of the fight yet. What do you think? Oh, not at all. The fight's only just begun. So, it's only just begun. You know, with your name, Andrew for America, you're wearing your American glasses. And because you were coming on, I decided to wear red, white, and blue today. Although I'm wearing <laughs> my own. You can get this at whiterabbitpodcast.com if you see my NASA lies shirt. And uh, anyways, I'm wearing red, white, and blue. But uh, more and more, I am I am realizing that there's psyops that are counteracting psyops. And a lot of us truthers the stuff that we put out and I've been guilty of this for years, uh, is also a psyop. And I'm just curious how you feel like going into this election cycle. You're saying like podcasters, like, man, if you want to start a podcast now is the fucking time, because as soon as this 2024 election starts heating up, they are going to throw so many fucking false flags, psyops on top of psyops on top of psyops. It is going to be a conspiracy theories fucking like a uh, wet dream, bro. It is going <laughs> to be, it's going to be fucking Dave and Buster's compared to fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, this reminds me of uh, one of my favorite standups. Lewis black has uh, in the beginning of one of his specials. He's like, you know, being a comedian is hard. And these days it's even more difficult. He's like a couple things of will happen. And then I'll start thinking about how to make those funny. And then 15 other fucking things started happening. He's like, how do you keep up with this shit? <laughs> and that's how I feel these days. I'm like, sometimes when I'm trying to get an idea for a show, I have so many clips and ideas and jotted down things and sound bites that I've ripped. And I, I have like this collection of them. I'm like, I don't know where there's so much to make a show out of, I don't know where to start sometimes. So that's even more of a reason for anybody to get involved because there's no shortage of content. <laughs> there's no shortage of stuff that the big club is trying to roll out. That doesn't need to be talked about. No, it for is, sure. It, it is a constant uh, stream these days. So I want to get your, I want to get your opinion on this man, because as my listeners know, uh, some of them are still aboard when I was a Q-tard. And I used to be <laughs> fully on board with Q and I've gone back and forth with Trump quite a bit. Whitney Webb put out her shit on black pill radio and I listened to that and I was so mad at her 
for bursting my bubble that I like fucking, <laughs> I was sending her messages. I was calling her out. I'm like, fuck that shit, dude. Come on my show. Debate me. Like I, I know for a fact Trump is fighting for us. Right. And then she didn't come on my show. And then she, she ended up making a, a slight appearance again on my friend, deplorable Janet show. Oh no, that wasn't Whitney Webb. I'm sorry. That was Amy says what the fuck, but Whitney Anyways, I wanted to fucking wait. Am I getting my my journalist mixed up here? Anyways, one of these it, it, it might have been Amy says what the fuck. It was Amy says what the fuck. I'm sorry. Disregard that. It was not Whitney Webb. Whitney Webb has yet to put out anything that I've been like fuck that shit. Whitney Webb has always <laughs> put out fucking 100%. She is batting great recovery. She's batting 1000%. I fucked that up. <laughs> It was Amy says what the fuck. And honestly, Amy says what the fuck is most likely batting 1000% too. But she said something that I did not want to fucking hear because I was on the Trump train at the time. And I was also fucking fully Q-tarded. I still can see fucking Q-hats sitting in the corner of my studio right now. (laughs) So my question for you. Well, okay. And here's where I am because I need to lead into this a little bit more. I've always been like, yo, it's fucking, it's all fucked. We're fucked. We've all been fed a lie. And now all this shit is happening. And I'm looking at Q posts that were happening and the deltas. And I'm like, holy shit. Now more and more things are coming true from the original Q posts. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So now I'm like starting to climb the fence to get back on whether I'm going to teeter left or right on this motherfucker. Like, Do I want Trump to fucking become president again? Does it make a fucking difference? And then my boys, fucking Sean Chris and Joel Thomas, got to come out with their fucking hard-hitting truth fucking Trump episode that they just dropped last week. And if you guys haven't gone listen to that, I highly suggest that you do. Now I'm like, fuck Trump. Fuck, we're all fucked. Very interesting. I have to listen to that because I also did uh, an episode a while back about Trump where um, I used some of Colorado Dank's research, uh, Instagram, Colorado Dank, go check out his page. He's got some great research on there. And I went down a rabbit hole about Norman Vincent Peale, 33rd degree Freemason, author of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking, big fan, uh, Oprah, Oprah's a big fan. And uh, turns out he's been the pastor of a church in New York City for years and years and years. Trump's whole family has gone to this Trump uh, to this church. Norman Vincent Peale married Trump, uh, and Norman Vincent Peale has been quoted as say- saying that Trump was his greatest student ever. So I don't know. Man, to all the people that are pro Trump, like- I I think Trump is just. Could he be the greatest actor of them all? And they're think all he, playing along with it because here's where I was getting at at the beginning of this Albert episode. Pike, dude, they, where, they, oh, if, dude, if, Albert if, Pike has written If the it people down. want heroes and villains, we will provide them with heroes and villains. Right. And so check this out, bro. So what if both of them are just on in it, in, in on it, and fucking he's just playing the greatest acting role ever played. I think that is one of the most feasible, logical arguments, working arguments, working theories uh, that I think I'm, I think, I think I'm on that tip. 
Let's take th- all I the think- let's take all the people that would actually stand up against us and do something. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just keep fucking with them little by little by little. Mm-hmm. By doing this, we can also get the liberals and all these people that believe us and they want to be anti-establishment, but they think they're anti-establishment, but they're in a different way or whatever. We can s- completely separate these groups. Not only mm-hmm. do we do that, but we get the boomers, right? And we can separate them politically by using fear so let's throw in a virus in the middle of this right and then you have trump who had three years to be like i'm the greatest president ever i'm pointing out all the fucking shit that you guys have all seen at least the people that are halfway awake have all seen this shit and i'm fucking pointing it out so now he completely fucking divides the country and then you got it's fucked dude it's fucked i think we're being played very I think well we're all being plan. fucking played Yep, I think I think uh, it, it's it's there's a big drawing board in a room under some bright lights somewhere, and a select group of people all walk to the drawing board and they literally play a real life game of risk or chess or axes and allies or whatever. I mean, think about all this. Like you said a psyop after psyop, like, and all of it's binary, and it's intended to be that way so that the average person is divided from other people. So COVID happens, right? Are right. you? Are you pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask, anti-mask, pro-ivermectin and hydrochloroquine or anti? Oh, no, no, don't do that. Those methods are wrong. It's like they give you these dichotomies of yes, no, for, against, pro, con. And now all these people are fighting over these little are you for or against very easily control people that way. And that's what the divide and conquer agenda and what PSYOPs are. It's exactly the point. Right. And then I go back to Joe Rogan, right? Because what happened when Joe Rogan took ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine and anaclonical antibodies, he's claiming it as this was his big awakening that they're all out here to fuck us. When all of us were like, yo, we've been telling you that already and you're coming off as this big fucking intellectual that even us fucking conspiracy theorists used to look up to you and be like, yo, he's asking the questions that I I used to wish I could ask and he's talking to the people I wish I could talk to. And then COVID hits and he is talking to these people. And if he's not, he had the opportunity to, he just decided not to. But then when he brings on people like fucking, uh, Dr. Robert Malone or, uh, Peter, uh, McCullough, Peter McCullough and shit like Mm -hmm. that. Like, yeah, it was eye opening to normies to a point, but he didn't ask the fucking questions that I would have been asking them. You know what I mean? Like he's gatekeeping still like he's still he's letting these people wake up enough to not ask the right questions to not see that both sides are fucking playing you that Mm -hmm. both narratives that we are getting, whether it's the truther narrative or the conservative narrative, the lefty narrative, all of them have been manufactured specifically for you. Yep. And I would, I would interject right there and, and just throw in that one of two things are happening. Either you are too stupid to see what's going on or you are, it, it, oh, let, me, let me rephrase that. If you're choosing a side, if you're all left or all right, if you're all, when I just had this conversation with somebody the other day where it was a very kind of respectful 
uh, intellectual conversation. People were making good points, but I could tell that all of the points that this person was trying to make were left wing mainstream media line item verbatim talking points. And I'm just like, if, if you're the type of person that takes a side, given what we know in 2023, going into 2024 soon, then either you are devoted to a team and you're already under control or you are too stupid to know what's going on. The only people that know what's going on know that taking a side is the stupidest thing you could do because then they gotcha. That's the goal. The goal is to make you take a side, pick a team, fight the other team, pay no attention to us while we go to the bank with all of your fucking money in the words of George Carlin. Oh boy, people, I got a little carried away there. Hope you enjoyed the first part of the interview uh, conversation with uh, Catalyst Jones and myself over on the White Rabbit Podcast. Hope you're enjoying the show. Let's hit a commercial, and I'll be right back with the second part. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll be right back. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, you said that you put out upcoming artists or at least artists that I hope you find potential in that maybe are completely unheard of. Is there any punk rock artists that are uh, that are worthy of listening to right now that might be speaking on some of the topics that we talk about in our podcasts? Real quick, before I answer that question, great subject change, getting me off my soapbox. I need that sometimes. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just saw, I, I, I didn't want this, because I was doing the same thing, bro. It's like we were both doing the same thing. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So we're ranty. Um, well, it turns out we both have podcasts. Weird, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there are some bands that I have been playing recently, and and. Uh, if you don't, if for those of you that don't know, I haven't heard my show. Uh, I try to make it a point to theme up the lyrics of the song I feature uh, each episode with kind of the subject matter or with kind of my constant themes that I always talk about on the show. So there are a few bands. Um, I would say Adrenalized out of uh, Europe and Straight Line out of Europe. Two very fast, technical, kind of thrashy punk rock bands. Great lyrics. Um, much the same, a band out of Chicago, great lyrics. Bridge the Gap is a band that's up and coming that I've played recently that um, w- one of their favorite lines is um, shoot me to the firmament. So, you know, they're talking about Flat Earth and their oh, songs. Nice. Like, Love it. So, yeah, so there are bands out there that aren't the stereotypical, um, you know, woke version of whatever happened to punk rock. 
uh, over the the years. There, I think Do there's a think new resurgence. Do you think that these are like legitimate grassroots bands that are uh, just out of their garage? people like you and me that have their own opinions that are making these musics? Or do you think that there is a culture being cultivated purposely so, like another CIA type of uh, movement? Because I feel like truthers are being targeted right now. That's possible. Um, I There are up-and-coming bands that I've played that you can tell aren't as polished yet and probably aren't touring yet. They're just, you know, they recorded their first or, you know, record or two, and they're just looking for some exposure uh, that do have great music and great lyrics. Um, do I think that they're trying to target a new resurgence of punk rock in order to co-opt catch, it? Catch like, a certain like, wave to ride it in, you know? like I mean, maybe, but I feel like anything like that is going to be more organic, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fight back against wokeism and against this radical left agenda or communism or the big globalist, you know, globalism or whatever you want to call it. There's, there has to be a, a group of people that are anti-establishment and the left is not anti-establishment anymore. I'm sorry to tell you, my fellow Americans, if you are a left wing person, you are not anti-establishment anymore. Get it through your heads. So there needs to be a group of people that are going to push back against statist authoritarian government monopoly on force overreach and stomping on the constitution and personal freedom. Somebody has to fight back against it. And if we don't, it's going to go away and we'll only have ourselves to blame when that day comes. So, Hey, that's what we need. We need We need a musical group or a a musical movement that is going to be truly anti-establishment. And I'm trying to stoke those flames a little bit with my show. I want to bring bands to my show that, are talking about this stuff and that maybe don't sound like the bands that you've been listening to and Love don't it. have the same message that you're used to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm going to check some of those out. You know, I have friends personally, uh, Joel Thomas and Sean Chris from kill the mockingbirds. They, uh, they both do their own music and they collaborate every once in a while. And they're doing like, real truth or music because they're coming at it with like a real different perspective because they've done their research on shit and they're not like I'm for the next fucking psyop that is the psyop to psyop the next psyop type of a thing. So go give them a chance and go check out their music. And if you want to skip through this commercial, then go ahead and skip through this commercial right now and go check out fucking either Sean Chris or Van Tesla, AKA fucking Joel Thomas, kill the mockingbirds. You're going to love their shit. It's fucking awesome. Hey, brother, I'm going to take a piss real quick, so I'm playing a commercial right here. So if you need to take five minutes, I will be back in less than that. Cool. Awesome. Hey there, pet parents. If you're like me, your furry family members mean the world to you. And that's why I'm excited to introduce to you PurePetWellness.com, your trusted source for all things CBD for pets. What sets PurePetWellness.com apart? Well, for starters, they're an American-owned family business with genuine love for animals. They understand unique bond you share with your pets, and they've dedicated to helping your furry companions live their best lives. And I'm pretty sure that the owner's a flat earther. You can't go wrong with that. That's pretty dope, right? So if you're looking for natural solutions... Uh, Pure Pet Wellness is where your journey stops because they have a premium CBD product specially crafted for your pets. Calming tensioners to soothing bombs, they've got you covered. And conspiracy junkies get 20% off at checkout. Just hit rabbit at checkout and watch the prices. 
And we'll go ahead and jump back in right here. So welcome back from the commercial. Uh, sorry that I have to do that to you guys, but we do need to keep the lights on here sometimes. So um, anyways, I did want to say that like, yeah, uh, as far as my perspective of Trump, man, I still do hold hope sometimes. And I'm like, I really, really hope that fucking this shit is true. But like, I just feel it in my gut that it's fucking... It's just another fucking game being played on everybody and it's being played on the opposite side that aren't going to buy into the other game that's being played. Um, and, you know, if you don't like what I have to say, go listen to Amy Says What the Fuck when she was on Black Pill Radio podcast. And after you listen to that, if you don't believe me, then go listen to Kill the Mockingbird's latest episode where they do a Trump deep dive and fucking... You know, I mean, Kill the Mockingbirds are going to come on in November and they're going to do that deep dive presentation here on White Rabbit. So you guys will be able to hear that here. Um, Anyways. All right. Enough of the shit. We're back from the break. Uh, Man, what is your favorite? So this does not have to be music because I I, I did want to keep this surrounded around music for most of the time. But then I but then I was like, all right, music can't be his favorite favorite rabbit hole to dive down. So what is your favorite rabbit hole to dive down? Uh, you mean like some other interests that I'm, I nerd out on kind of deal? Yeah. What do you nerd out on, on fucking on, on what we talk about here on my show and what you dive down on in on your show sometimes? Like, what is your favorite? Like if like for me, it's like if I hear a female talk about flat earth, I'm, I don't give a fuck if she's 275 pounds. I'm probably going to ask her for her number. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because you're impressed that the ladies are talking about this stuff. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, what, what topic like really gets you going? Like, oh, that's what I'm see, saying. Yeah, yeah. Like what really gets you going? I'm like, um, I think for me, probably, I really want to know what hidden, occulted knowledge and wisdom uh, they have in these secret societies that gets passed down through the generations and maybe the reason why these people have magical powers of some sort. I don't know if there's any truth to it. Well, have you ever thought why would it be? Why would it be hidden if there wasn't something there? So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get into that kind of point. shit. Like, what do they know that we don't? And yes. how do we find out without people coming to kill us? Yeah, yeah <laughs> man, I think that's definitely something that I'm into as well, which is why I started digging into the teachings of Aleister Crowley and reading all of his books mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, like I wanted to know both sides, both sides of the coin. And back at the time when I was reading through these things, they probably were for very, no, not probably. They were absolutely 100% for selfish fucking reasons because I wanted to learn the mysteries of the world so that I could use yeah. it to benefit my own fucking life. Yeah, I mean, whatever your reasoning is, the, the wanting to learn it and knowing that it's hidden from the general population is going to be interesting to people that have curious minds. So. Yeah, I mean, I, for I, I don't have any nefarious purposes, but I want to know what they know, what they know, and if yes. there is some truth to what we theorize about when it comes to how they've studied the mind and studied the human brain, and and you, you know, I, I don't know if you 
uh, are a big TikToker, but there are so many videos going around TikTok now about spirituality and the chakras and how that we're, you know, energy manifestation, like all that spiritual kind of new age stuff. Woo woo. Um, yeah, it, it, the woo woo stuff. Some of it is interesting and some of it just sounds like absolute garbage to me. So like it, it's fascinating to kind of sift through all of that stuff and find the, the, the nuts and bolts of what's behind it. And I, I, I get, I, I think I nerd out on that these days more than I man. Used me to, too, actually. So. And, and I love that. And I feel like what picture that you just painted for us was you like to look at all these different puzzle pieces and see how they fucking fit together. Right. Which I think is, is something that all of us really enjoy. And that's why we are deep divers. That's why we're conspiracy junkies because like that, that shit gets us off. And it's like the, the more you are able to put the puzzle together and you're like, Oh my God, it's actually starting to make a picture now. And then, you know, like, and then you're starting to predict what the picture is. And then you're, you're starting to practice things in your own life based on what you think the picture is. And then the picture changes when you put another puzzle piece on it and you're like, Oh my God, I was totally wrong about what I think this picture is. Right. And that is the epitome of, uh, of different red pills throughout our awakening. And I think it is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It's like, as long as you're on that path of awakening, then you are my friend. Absolutely. Um, it reminds me of Aristotle quote. Um, uh, the mark of an intelligent mind is to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it. And I love that. It's like, it's like, don't take a side, like fight the divide and conquer agenda. Think for yourself. Like, you know, it seems so cliche. All of us talk about that and say those same things, but like, we really mean it like that. That's the point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the point is for you to not take a side. It's to, to understand both sides of an argument so that you can find out where you locate yourself in that argument and the two party system and, and the way that the media does not talk about certain things sets up this environment where the average person is, you know, they're crippled before they even start. And that's, that's what I think I'm trying to uncover for the average listener is maybe you don't believe everything I say. Maybe I uh, embellish a little bit and get a little carried away on something. And, and, and I'm, I'm speaking more emotionally than I am logically in certain moments, but. Oh, you mean you're human? Yeah, exactly. And that's part of my character and my shtick too. If you listen to my show, you know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's these days I really try to not jump to a conclusion. I really just want to explore and see how things develop. And then I'll make my decisions after some investigation. I think it's a safer way to go. Yeah. Uh, but it's also good to see patterns. And I think that is the biggest thing to take away from, uh, the truther community is the patterns and what there actually patterns. what actually does oh, yeah. manifest from these things, right? Even if we look at certain conspiracy conspiracies, which were like, oh shit, like this is no doubt, like, um, like let's bring Maui fires into this, right? So everybody's sure. talking about the Maui fires, everybody, and how uh, Oprah and all these elites are trying to do like a basically a land grab, and that was the whole reason behind these Maui fires. Maui fires. Now I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this because I absolutely believe that there is a lot of validity to go along with this, but. If you look at it, not as in 
the truth on one side or the other, but you look at it instead of where is the underlining area and more of how are they going to use this situation that is uh, in the news right now? If it's in the news, it's a situation. And how are they going to use this situation to divide more? And if we look at these news stories more like that, I think that we will be able to be able to decipher exactly what their agenda is behind these because it's so quick to say oh fucking paint your roof blue or it was direct energy weapons you know and i look at some of these and i and i debunked some of these videos and people get mad at me for debunking them but like not every fucking conspiracy is true they are purposely put out there to divide us so Mm -hmm. what was my point andrew uh i think your point was Stay open-minded, get as much uh, information that you can possibly gather before you make a decision on a topic, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. My point was maybe this. That was, maybe that was my point. <laughs> if some, my, that was your point. That was definitely your point. My <laughs> point is this, which I don't disagree with your point, but my point is slightly different, and it is look at how they can use this situation to divide you from your neighbor, and that is the purpose of what is happening in front of you. And once we start looking at it as that, as how can they use this to divide us rather than what is dividing us, And we focus more on the reason for the divide rather than the divide itself. Then I think we can start fucking coming together more and making more change. Yeah. You're taking it to the next level of, of thinking through a lot of the stuff. Uh, But yes, that people like us talking about it, it has got to spark the curiosity and the interest of uh, maybe a normie that one day stumbles upon one of our podcasts and goes, what in the shit is this I'm listening to? It, it, maybe just a couple nuggets of knowledge will get their their gears turning and then you know maybe they'll start looking into some stuff too. I think that's the most any of us can hope for is that if we can show one person the door, maybe they'll walk through it. You know, At one point we were all asleep and that's something that I think a lot of us forget. And even though we think that a lot of us in this community think that we've been alive or uh, or awake our entire life. But the truth of the matter is, is every week that goes by, we realize just how awake we aren't. But in that in that process and realizing that we also go deeper into our awakening. And that's something that I want people to realize is just because you think you are awake, you have so much more to learn. Yeah. Just as I do, just as I do. Like I will be the first to admit that I don't know shit. And if I'm the smartest person in the room, I want to be the first motherfucker out of that room because I'm in the wrong room. Yeah, for sure. It's like, Operation Ivy, man. All I know is that I don't know. Ooh. All I know is that I don't know nothing. You what know what I mean? Great like that's, fucking that's, band, that's the, dude. What a great yeah, band. The, I actually posted a meme kind of similar to that theme that you just, just described there. And that was the music I put behind it. Is and I think the, me, the meme was something to the effect of... Uh, All the, I know uh, is and, I and don't it, know. Yeah. An intelligent person knows that they have so much more to learn or something to that effect. But yeah, you're right. It's like the more I get into it and the more some new world opens up to me based on a little bit of research, it, it, it's like, wow, I have all this new knowledge. But also the flip side of that is, holy shit, what don't I know yet? 
right, but do right. I still have to discover? Well, I think that and is a actually <laughs> a famous, I think that is a famous quote from some sort of a guru. Like, uh, uh, I don't know who it was uh, to be honest with you. Like I, I'll, I'll butcher it if I say who it was, but it was like, Sir, Sir, uh, Socrates or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, man, we got like eight more minutes before I got to call it. Um, so what is one thing that you want to leave my listeners with as far as something that you wake up to every morning that gives you hope to keep doing what you do? Because with so much hardships and so much bad shit that's happening to us in the world on a day-to-day basis, I think that it is important that we wake up and have something to look forward to. And I think it's cool to know what those things are in the people that, you know, we like people like you. So what is that thing? When you wake up, like, why are you like, fuck this? Why are you not like, fuck this day? And where are you like, I'm going to fuck this day? Yeah. Um, I think that happiness is a choice. And if you don't choose to be happy, then I mean, nothing, no external circumstance or stimuli is going to make you happy. Like you have to just choose to walk a certain path. And I think that I think that I am um, rebelliously positive in the face of so much fear, porn and negativity in the world, so much horror and just terror. And, you know, there's so much evil and like, and and that's, that's the fear paradigm that, that they want us to be afraid and feel weak and pathetic and, useless and there's we don't have any power there's nothing we can do to stop anything and i think that being happy in the face of all of the horror and terrible things and fear based paradigm that we live in uh i think it's punk rock dude i think being happy and enjoying your life to the best of your ability is the most punk rock thing you can do in the 21st century so i fucking love it man that's what keeps me going Andrew for America, host of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Brother, um, your links are going to be plugged right there so people listening can scroll down and listen to them. Um, So if you want to plug any other social medias that I might not have in there as far as Instagram or Twitter, a.k.a. X, whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays, if you want to plug, man, now is the time. Yeah, so uh, on most uh, social media platforms, Andrew for America, just search the name uh, on Facebook. I'm still on there. I got a good following on there, so I don't want to shut that down yet. Fake book is uh, Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Uh, if you go to politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, my website, you can read the show notes and uh, listen to the show there. Um, I have a blog section with a bunch of the written works and lyrics and stuff that I've read on the show. Uh, I have a link to my SoundCloud page that has all the music that uh, I've done personally in my music career. And then there's a link to my Spotify playlist for all the bands that I've played on the show, as well as some of my stuff, friends stuff, bands that I like. Uh, it's a great uh, punk rock playlist that I've curated, and uh, I would love it if people liked and followed that. Uh, and then my show, the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, found anywhere you get your podcasts. So... 
Check me out. Wait, Thanks anywhere, me, bro. anywhere, you're not kicked off of YouTube yet? You're not kicked off of... Oh, I just recently got kicked off of YouTube. Uh, not kicked off, but I just posted um, a video show. I just released uh, episode 157, Coincidence or Conspiracy, and I actually made the joke on the show that I'm going to post it on Rumble and YouTube and see if it gets shut down because I go deep on um, uh, nanotechnology, warfare, lipid particles in the vaccine, yada, yada, and... I didn't even have it up on YouTube on my channel for a day. And I got the dreaded, we have removed your video because of medical misinformation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what's so, the hell? Of course. Of course. Yep, so, so we're going to start seeing it, that again. I called it. We're going to start seeing that again, guys. So get used to it. It's coming. And, yep. and with it coming, you guys want to be prepared. When you walk in the grocery store, you want to be a walking meme, right? So I just put out a shirt that says, not then, not now, not ever, with a mask on front and center, crossed out. So if you guys don't want to play a part in this and you want to make it known that you're not playing a part in this, then go check out whiterabbitpodcast.com. Check out the shirts there and become a walking meme. And people are going, you're going to be surprised because people are pussies and the people that don't think the way that you do, they're not going to have the balls to come up to you and say a goddamn thing. But the people that think the way that you do, they're going to be like, goddamn right, bro. I'm glad you're wearing that shit. We I need to that. wake up more people. So become a walking meme. Go to whiterabbitpodcast.com. Check out whatever conspiracy you're into. I got a shirt for it. Trust me. So I got a shirt on too. Can I share? Can I plug mine real quick? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Check this out. I don't know if you can see this. Can you read that? It says, it's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship world order. I love it, brother. Fuck yes. And the front of it says, in the front of it says the politics and punk rock podcast. It's fucking dope. I like it. Politics and punk rock podcast.com. Click on store, buy some merch. Fuck yeah. And go check out our friends at purepetwellness.com for all your pet CBD needs. With that being said, guys, this has been a great episode. Andrew, I'm going to have to have you come back on, man, and we're going to have to dive down some other rabbit holes, man. You have been a great fucking guest and love you, brother. With Dude, that, thanks for having me. I've been I've been looking forward to coming on the show. I love the tavern. Love everything you're doing, brother. Keep up the good work, and I'll be back whenever you want me, man. Love that. All the credit to the tavern has to go to Ghost from My Third Eye Podcast. With that being said, guys, we're going to dig out of here, so keep digging down these rabbit holes. I would never bend my knee to Satan. I would never sell myself for no paper. You can go ahead and call me a hater, but I'll go ahead and call you a traitor. Hey, Hollywood is getting canceled. I put God over financials. Just know that I never kill myself if they try to use me as a damn example. Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith. Satan coming for the damn kids. These rappers and singers are puppets. The second the label give them their advances, God is forgiven. We were all made in His image. That's why He told me to remix this. Every nation demoralization while we celebrating when people are sinning. Don't care if you trans. Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do OnlyFans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business will force close Allah Jehovah 
Hashemayahweh, you can call him whatever you do. But worship and say it with the purpose of angering God. Well, that's just gonna make you a fool. I agree, lady. That motherfucker is not real. And I just saw your clone uh, taking some questions about that little event. And she says that on counsel's advice, she cannot speak about the incident. (laughs) How convenient. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy some merch. Click on the SoundCloud link to see my music, hear my music. Click on the uh, Spotify playlist link to check out the Politics and Punk Rock podcast playlist on Spotify. Take care of each other out there. Next year's going to be a big, big deal in the history of these United States of America. My fellow Americans, you better be ready. You better get prepared. You better get involved. Before it's too late. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Good night. We'll see ya next time. This has been episode 159 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled Appearance on the White Rabbit Podcast. Politics and Punk Rock with Andrew for America. We'll see you next time.